What's going on, Rotherway Nation? I'm Jake Seymour, and today we're starting a brand new podcast at Rotherway Media, the GRD Pod, with none other than GRD, Kyle Baxter, and Reed Miller. Guys, how are we doing today? Good, man. Do it, bro. Good. So, we real, quick, it. real quick, my name is Jake Seymour. I run a sports page, Boston Sports Center 617. I'm also a writer for the Rotherway Media's website. Jake. Yo. We we said that there was going to be no personal plugs on this podcast. <laughs> I want this podcast. The GID part is all about me, bro. Your name is Thing 1. We got Kyle Baxter, Thing 2. We got Reed Miller, Thing 3. After that, bro, it's the GID part. It's all about me. I'm just fucking around. If it wasn't for this podcast, if it wasn't for you three, I don't think that this would be here. Babs would definitely agree because I was slacking the past couple. You guys have been on your shit. And I want to introduce everybody. Let's go one by one. You guys give us a little introduction about yourselves. Let's bump it to thing two because apparently I'm thing three. So thing two, go. <laughs> All right. I'm thing two, I guess. I'm Kyle. Um, I'm an editor at Ride the Wave. I edit videos for Babs and stream sometimes for the two-minute drill. I go to school in New Hampshire, and I've been working at Ride the Wave since last August. Uh, I'm Reed Miller. My, uh, my older brother, Tyler, is on. I know he said uh, not doing any plugs, but uh, he's on the uh, Boston's Big Three, one of the podcasts at Ride the Wave. Um, I've been uh, writing. For, I'm a blogger covering uh, NBA content for what is it, July now, so almost a year now. Um, doing a podcast is something that I've been meaning to do for a little while now, but uh, now I finally get the chance. So I'm excited to get started, and I think uh, I think we can do some big things here. So first, first of all, before we even get to Jake, I will say this, Reed: you do not have to do much to eclipse your brother, because you just coming on and being on my side is already doing more than your brother has done for fucking ride the wave in the last two years. Your brother is just Spike King's little puppet. He says, jump. Your brother says, how high? If, your bro- if the Spike King said, jump off a bridge, rest in peace to your brother. We'll all be going to a funeral. We'll let him in his fucking... I'll hold his casket. I'll let him down one more time. Just like the Celtics have let us down the last 12 years in a row. All right, Jake. Let me, let me get a little introduction from Jake, my young gun. So I'm thing one, Jake Seymour. I'm a senior in high school right now. Um, I run a sports page. I've been a writer for Rather Waves since the very beginning. Been right at the start. I was on the call with the we got the LLC. So I've been around for a little bit. No, you've you've been around since day one. You're a day one motherfucker. Just say it. Yeah, I'm a day one motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, Jake, like you've come a long way. I remember you were shy in the beginning, like, before you even knew how to, like, edit videos, this, that. Like, I've seen your work lately, bro. I'm impressed. And I'm, I'm excited to see where we could bring this podcast. Like, I'm going to try to give this my all. And I think us, us four to, together as a collective group, I think that the sky is the limit because i got people in my pocket that are ready to come on this podcast that are ready to fucking talk some shit and get this fucking shit jumping. Yeah, so with the start of a podcast, I'll also got some sports going on. And the NBA is just right around the corner. The Celtics tip off in less than three days to their first preseason game. Ten days till they actually tip off the wheel. So how do we think this NBA bubble is going to work? Obviously, it's a big bubble, and thankfully nobody tested positive for COVID the last test. But, GRD, what are your thoughts on this whole bubble? 
So first things first, when you're dealing with a bunch of entitled millionaires like the NBA players, you got to deal with these guys are going to be looking to get their bust their nuts, dude. And after after jerking off for a couple of days in a row, these guys are obviously going to get some hookers in the fucking NBA bubble. So the fact of the matter is the NBA has to look at these these girls coming into the bubble and are they getting tested every every 24 hours? Hopefully. But I'm a hundred million quadrillion percent sure that there's gonna be thotties in the bubble, and these thotties got to get tested. And I'm more I'm more worried about these girls bringing COVID into the bubble than all the NBA players' friends and families that will be invited to the bubble the same time as these girls that sell themselves for the low. Yeah. Um. I was worried about. Well, I, I guess I still am worried about. Uh. The potential of who's gonna maybe mess it up for everyone, or how someone's gonna mess it up. But then uh, it came out with like the uh, recent NBA member, like the snitch hotline. I don't know if you guys know that. But uh, one of the calls was people were uh, like back and forth. Like Jimmy Butler had a noise complaint from basically like a college dorm, like the right. Basically, you call the R right to come to your door. Uh, one of them was uh, because Dwight Howard wasn't was caught outside not wearing a mask. So that only just proves me that these players actually do care. Restarting the season, they're not just there to just have fun on vacation in Florida. Like they're taking it seriously, which is what you want to see. Um, I just think that's very important, not just like for community relief. Like I think that goes to show like how eager these guys are to get back on the court after how long it's been. Which because it's been longer than let's see March. 12th was the shutdown, so it's what, four months now. It's longer than offseason for most of these teams, so this is essentially a whole new season in some regards. Just shortened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm really interested to, just to see, like, who bonds with, with each other. You know, I've seen all over social media, the Celtics page especially, they've posted people uh, you know, doing stuff. Marcus Smart and Cantor, they just had a quick little swim race. That was pretty funny to watch. But also, the biggest thing I'm concerned with is that the biggest super team, the next super team is going to come out of this bubble. We saw what happened with Kyrie and KD when they played on the USA team. And now everybody, like all the elite NBA players, are in one central hub. Like, you know, and you can say, oh, that's against the rules. Tampering is against the rules. Yeah, it's going to happen. It always happens. You know, and even with AD and LeBron, it happened at the All-Star game a couple years ago. So I'm looking at it like this. A lot of these people, they're going to be talking, hey, I want to go play at this team. And, you know, or even if they're not even saying that, they're becoming buddy-buddy with people. And then coming out down the road, it's going to be like, oh, well, you know, I remember hanging out with you at the bubble. I really liked hanging out with you. Let's go play somewhere. So I'm looking at it like that, that the next super team is going to be formed here. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll bounce off that. I'll kind of agree with it, but also disagree. Like, I do think it's the friends league, basically meaning, like, now NBA players, they just go team with their friends now. That's just the new norm, which makes – uh, makes for good, like, a good way to call it, uh, like, foundation for what the league is today, which is super teams. But um, I don't think it would be this offseason because you look at this upcoming for agent class, the big prize is Anthony Davis, and he's going to resign. So the next one is, like, Rosen, the next year. It's a very big drop-off. So I think that's a fair point, but it's just not this offseason. I don't think it will affect I think this offseason is going to be kind of dull. Just a lot of people just re-signing, getting that last big contract before yeah, like the last few days. You know, Gordon Hayward's going to opt into his 30-something million dollar contract because he won't see that again. Nick Batum, for the he's, not going to he's going to opt in. 
I think this off season just gonna that only off season, but I think it will back uh, the form of server teams in the future, whatever that is. Yeah, so the NBA bubble is something that's definitely interesting. Kyle, I want to hear your take. Wait, I want, yeah, I want to, I want to hear what Kyle has to say. This guy's always I'm not talking so, about a lot of things, but he always has something to say. Let's hear it. I find it interesting. I don't know if you guys saw about Dwight Howard to start. Uh, Anti-mask and anti-vax. I thought that was kind of interesting that and he was anti-clothes. He was getting yeah. his room service fucking half naked. I was gonna anti-girls say, too. How- at the door like what is what who's answering the I, door in the room Kyle Kuzma doing I, me and Dwight <laughs> Howard we we both love basketball but me and Dwight Howard differ with our women he prefers his woman with dicks I prefer my woman without cocks I apologize hey Jake I got a couple hit I got a couple hitters right here though right now I want I want to talk to the people right now about breaking news. Kevin Garnett is trying to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he has a serious group of backers financially. And the dude has made $326 million in his NBA career. I think Kevin Kevin Garnett has a legitimate shot at buying the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this is breaking news right now. What do you guys think about that? So, uh... uh you can go. You go. Right, my bad. But KG buying the Timberwolves is like the best thing that's going to happen to the Timberwolves. This organization has been such a complete dump since he left the, left for the Celtics back in 07, 08. Like it's just been a complete like awful. And I hate looking the, at the Timberwolves. I remember back in middle school about you know five years ago now. I remember like no the Timberwolves. They got Andrew Wiggins who at the time was coming out of high school and the college you know, amazing player, Cat. And then they also got Zach Levine who was supposed to be the next best thing. And they've done nothing. It's been like actually ridiculous. Like, I remember telling people like, if you're gonna bandwagon on a team, get on the Timberwolves because they're gonna be the next big thing. And now I don't think they made a playoff berth since then, which is just insane to think about. But I'm interested to see because KG was obviously like the diamond in the rust for the Timberwolves. You know, they got him. I mean, he's like the heart and soul of it. And this is something that not a lot of people remember. But KG, when he was with the Nets at the deadline of that season, he got traded to the Timberwolves, and then. Uh, he got traded there because the owner said that he would get a percentage of ownership if he finished his career in Minnesota because it would be a good marketing campaign. So he did that, but then when Flip Saunders passed, there was no one to hold his word to it. So he never got ownership in the team, and now like he really wants this like, desperately. I think the owner's name is Glenn Taylor, and Glenn Taylor, you are a son of a bitch for that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, thought KD uh, didn't like the Timberwolves too much anymore. That was the tail end of his first tenure. Cause they they were directionless. They weren't going to go anywhere. It was a time for a fresh start, like from both sides. You saw the direction you they're know, heading. You saw their package. I do, have, I do honestly go. have a bone to pick with Kevin Garnett. I want to know why Kevin Garnett has not spent some time with the Boston Celtics bigs. Like, yeah, we got we got fucking Daniel Tice, Robert Williams. They might not be the most exciting young guys to work with. However, I've seen pictures of KG working with the bigs in Milwaukee two years ago. That's some fucking bullshit, KG. I'm upset. I'll tell you why. I know exactly why. 
KG's personality and aggression. That's the last thing we need to see. I wasn't even going to say yeah. that. I was going to say that he's a Minnesota boy at heart, straight up. I mean, yeah, yeah. He came to Boston to, and he won a no, championship. Bro, and he's getting bro. his numbers in the rafters. But I mean, he's in a Minnesota boy at heart. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. Yeah, but that's I, Wisconsin, I, though. Yeah, I Milwaukee. Said, I didn't say Minnesota. I said Milwaukee. He went to Milwaukee. He was training with the fucking Bucks, bro. I'm just saying, like, like the salt. And the other thing too, that he's a Minnesota boy at heart, and like Minnesota and Milwaukee, they don't have anything going on right now. But also, you know, KG, like the Milwaukee Bucks, weren't a threat to the Celtics back in 08, 07. You know, right in that championship run. You know, but you would be damned if you ever saw him in the Lakers working out with Dwight Howard and you know the, the Lakers big man. That would never happen because he went up against them. Same thing down in San Antonio. I feel like those are teams that he butted heads with. He never butted heads with Milwaukee. You know what I mean? This, uh, this KG getting ownership in the uh, Timberwolves organization is going to go one of two ways. Either, well, first of all, Minnesota, very close to Canada, very polite people. So you got you had Wiggins, who just left before then. You got Carlton Towns now, both known for being relatively soft individuals. Very good players, at least for Towns, maybe not Wiggins. I think that ship might have sailed. But you've seen how, although they're very good offensively, they're kind of lackluster and otherwise just flat-out soft defensively. If in the practice facility they're looking up and they see Kevin Garnett just staring down at them, they're either going to uh, crumble as the might as well as they uh, probably will end up doing because that's just how their minds have spent the last few years now since Cat arrived in the league and since Wiggins came in. Or it will be what they, what they need. You know, that's probably going to be what Cat needs to get some sort of recognition is the uh, two tools from KG and uh, hopefully adopt some of that mentality that's been missing within the organization since he left. So, we'll have to the see. The Timberwolves right. would be a scary team if Cat actually gave a shit about basketball for once. I think you're, he does. You're a hundred percent right. Added, he, you got Cat and D'Lo on that team, so that would be a scary one-two combo. I mean, I think that the future will tell about that team, but I'm not. I'm not really here to talk about the future. I'm really here to talk about the Orlando bubble, and I'm here to talk about the Boston Celtics, and I'm here to talk about, bro. There's too many people fucking overlooking the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics right now, before the pandemic hit, before the fucking coronavirus hit, Boston Celtics, fifth offensive rating, fourth defensive rating, seventh in steals, ninth in total rebounds. We got no bigs. Daniel Tice, Taco motherfucking fall. We out here. Bro, I'm telling you this. The Boston Celtics are underrated going into the bubble. And if I'm a gambling motherfucker, I'm putting my money on Boston. I think the biggest issue is that, well, as far as their normal regular season was obviously their weaker bench because it's like combination of just like lack of experience, obviously a lot of rookies. Marcus Smart? Celtics have five and a half starters. Smart's a starter. You know what I mean? I don't know, you got like the water makers. You got I, the, I, would, I would consider Daniel Tyson starting. Yes. He's he's among them, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Um I'm talking about like the too. Romeo, Grant. I think the uh interesting point would be the lack of fans is gonna benefit that bunch. It's gonna be just like a glorified practice with much higher stakes. not to like speak ill of the stakes at hand, but like 
with the current situation, like that added pressure of an NBA arena, it's kind of what made rookies like Carson Edwards kind of crumble at the beginning. Right? Because we saw him in summer league, we saw him preseason, like we saw how good he can be offensively when he has the ball in his hands. Um, I think I think that is a real effect. Like, I think because we've only heard good things about their second unit and their third strings from practice thus far from Brad Stevens and Robert Williams. They've spoke uh, candidly about that. Uh, singling out uh, Romeo and Carson specifically. So uh, I think that'll be interesting. I think that be a new player of the Celtics attack and a new um, element in how they can realistically pull off a finals appearance, maybe even a win. <laughs> I think that's something that people that uh, isn't getting talked about enough about. But uh, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yes, yeah, so I mean, it might have. Oh, you, oh go. you go. You go. You go. Okay. It might have been a rumor I saw on a GRD page, but I think I saw that Taco might be playing more this once the bubble is, you know, going on and the Celtics come back. I think that would actually be a huge difference because, I mean, Brad Stevens, great coach, but I don't know why Taco isn't getting more playing time. I mean, the man, 7 6, just throw him out there, throw him the ball, and I mean, it's two points guaranteed. And when you're going in on defense, too, like, Imagine someone like Embiid, who's seven foot, and he has to actually look up at someone instead of look down for one. People really sleep on Taco and how much of a difference he makes. I know he's not slow, and everyone thinks he's not developed, yet he's averaging 12, 13 points a game and 11 rebounds in 23 minutes. So I really Kyle, think Kyle, I hate, to in- I hate to interrupt you. I apologize for this, but you're drinking the Spike King fucking tattoo tea right no, now. Ta- Ready, Taco my guy. Fall. I'm you. Ready for what? Taco Fall will get obliterated by a Joel Embiid right now. The Boston no, man. Celtics. No. No. <laughs> I'm no, telling Embiid, you. I love Taco just as much as the next guy, but Embiid is on a whole other level. I think Embiid personally is one of the best centers in the league, and he's going to completely obliterate Taco Fall. Like, no competition. I'm sorry. Like, give it five years maybe, but right now on July 21st, 2020, Taco Fall would be screwed if he went against Joel Embiid. He will turn Taco Fall into a fucking kid's meal from Taco Bell. Although I'm telling you this. You know, at that point, too, like, height almost doesn't matter. I mean, because – uh. Embiid's so built and he's just so strong that he's gonna bully Taco right out of the way. What do you mean, you know, Taco's also, like hundred six six center for us, dude? So, but, it just doesn't matter anymore. I don't know. I just feel like Embiid would body him. But my prediction on the Celtics right now is, I think that they have a chance. They can either go to the conference finals or they can win the entire thing. I mean, they really had that had that potential to do it. I know people on the mainstream media they like them a lot because it's kind of like pickup basketball in this bubble. And, you know, they have one of the deepest rotations uh, in all of basketball right now, but probably right behind the Clippers. But my biggest concern heading into this is Kemba Walker. Right before the hiatus, Kemba Walker had a bunch of knee problems, and he said that he's recovered, but he, but he's on minute restriction. I mean, that doesn't really make sense to me. If he's recovered, why is he on minute restrictions? And just before we started recording, uh, I said that he was gonna he's unlikely to play for the Thunder on Friday, which is something you don't want to see, so... On a scale of 1 to 10, if I had to say that, I'd probably say I'm around a 6 or a 7 because I expect not to hear anything about his knee anymore. I think Dig, it's... I'll, all right, Reed, I apologize for interrupting. I'm going to chop that shit down on Kemba Walker real quick because I'm going to say this. 
instead of focusing on Kemba Walker right now, shift your focus because we're not a team that's focused on point guards anymore. Like, we don't really care about that Kyrie Irving guy that's going to take over a team. We have Jason fucking Tatum. Jason Tatum is going to take the ball out of Kemba Walker's hands. And Kemba Walker is not going to have to carry a team like he had doing in Charlotte for the last six years. I sincerely think that Kemba Walker is going to benefit these playoffs because he's never been on a team that's been favored in a playoff series like the Boston Celtics will be in the first round when we face a team like Indiana or a team like Philadelphia. And if we got to shit on Joel Embiid, I'm ready to pull my fucking three-inch dick out and piss on him again just like I did back in Philadelphia a couple years ago. I'm about that life. If we got to pull the brooms out and sweep Indiana back, I'm ready to lick a broomstick like I did last year. When (laughs) we go against a a proven-ass team like Toronto, Toronto scares the fuck out of me. Those dumbass dinosaurs up in Canada scare me. The Milwaukee Bucks fucking their cousins, they scare me. I'm not going to comment on those two teams right now because those two teams, we're going to be in a bar fight. Jake Seymour, you ever been in a bar fight? No, I haven't. I'm on, can you get into the bar? <laughs> KG been in a bar fight. I'm going to say what you just said about Milwaukee. Celtics played them um, twice now. Twice one-on-one. On one, we split them. Yep. We are yet to play them with Jalen Brown in tow. And we've kept it. We've Obviously, won the first game back in uh, October 30th. But uh, we were in a bit of a deficit the second game back in Milwaukee. And uh, we came by five. Yeah, yeah. Wait, that, wait, Reed, that's a good take. Jalen Brown didn't play versus Milwaukee both games? No, he didn't. He had okay. to play. And yeah, also, too, take. Reed, I want to piggyback off that, too, because that's a really good take, too. But they also said that Jalen Brown was going to be like the serum to all Milwaukee, that he knew how to guard Giannis, and he studied him a lot in the offseason. So... That's, I think you can throw all the bodies you can at Giannis. Like, I think we the uh, defenders we can throw at them is better than anyone else we can. Obviously, you got you said Brown, Tatum's for size and uh, length. Uh, Shami just to get physical for a bit. Smart just to keep him in front. Obviously, it's going to be tough to do, but I trust Marcus to be able to do that. He's guarding centers. He's guarding point guards. He can stand in front of Giannis at the very least. Uh, Hayward even, he's a like a burly fella. So, um I think it's better than what any other team can has to offer as far as stopping. Well, guarding Giannis, no one's ever going to stop. But um, I do feel good about a Milwaukee, a potential Milwaukee matchup, better than maybe most. Maybe most do. Uh, we're still not favored, obviously, because Giannis is born in a lab. But um, I do feel good about our chances. Toronto. It'll be competitive, maybe seven, six games, but I can see us. I I think we're capable of squeaking by. It's just going to be you. Want, you want that's, to just got to say. I think the best player in that series would be Jason Tatum. I don't think that's a stretch to say. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, tell him real quick before I send us to our last segment. Tell him. Oh, uh, I kind of agree. We've kind of had the Bucks number the last couple of years. I don't really see the Bucks being as much of a problem as most people do. I think the Raptors would be another easy team. One team in the East I see us maybe struggling with because they've been on the rise is Jimmy Butt and the Heat. I don't know. I feel a little nervous about them, not going to lie. But the Bucks, no, fuck the Bucks. We're very inaccurate. I'm 
Uh, I think we have not had the box number the last two years, if anything. We saw how those playoffs were last year, uh, which is a whole different story. We're not going to touch on that. But uh, I do think we we have a plan in place, for lack of a better term. But, yes, I do understand what you mean. Uh, the Raptors do concern me. I don't think that will be an easy matchup. It will be fun. It will be competitive, but it won't be easy. Um, Miami just seems to – yeah, they got a healthy mix of, like, young and experienced players. But I think it's just – it's just not their, it's just not gonna be their year this year. I think they're they're a team that I expect to struggle in this bubble. Um, a lot of new young raw players might not be able to adjust well to the new scene. Uh, I could very well also be horribly wrong, but that's just my uh, take on the Heat. It's really anyone's year. I mean, the NBA has never seen this shit before. So it if there was a year for an eight seed to win, this is the year. There's there's a new hashtag out there right now. NBA says uh, whole new game. Hashtag whole new game. Okay. To end this podcast, first ever GRD pod, I need to go. We each get, let's give us 60 seconds. Jake's going to start us off. Then we're going to go, Kyle, read. I'm going to finish us off. I'm going to put some motherfuckers in a body bag right now. Let these people know. What the Boston Celtics have to do to raise Ben 18. Let's go. All right. So the Boston Celtics, what they need to do is they need to limit Giannis because Giannis is going to be the problem right now. I know you said about Toronto, but Milwaukee is the number one problem. I think once, once we get to the finals, I think we can take on the Lakers and the Clippers. I think we'll be fine there. Uh, Clippers last two games been a dogfight, and Lakers too. We blew them out once, and the second one could have been, you know, could have won that. Uh, also, too, like I said, I'm concerned about Kemba Walker's knee. I know Jason Tatum's a rising star, but hey, you're without your second best player, you need to have the best players on the floor at all times. And uh, I'm excited to see Jalen Brown what he has to do against Milwaukee. My three big things: Celtics going into the bubble. All right, for me, it's kind of similar. I think. Jason Tatum was going on an MVP caliber run right before this whole bubble thing. So number one, give Jason Tatum the ball. I'm sorry, Kemba, you're not the you're not the number one guy on the team right now. It's Tatum. Definitely give Tatum the ball. And I I know everyone hates me for it. It seems, but give Taco more playing time. I really think that that man could make a huge difference. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that I'm drinking Spike King Kool Aid tat, but who knows. And then another one, if you can finish really strong and Toronto has kind of a shitty start to this bubble game, I think there's eight games left, and we can grab that second seed, I think that would be huge for us. I know we have a couple games that we're back, but if we could grab that, it'd make all the difference in the world. Um, I was going on a tangent about this. Uh, not to copy off uh, Bill Belichick, but I think just Celtics just got to do their job. And what I mean is uh, too often people want us to try to – stop or play to other teams strengths try to like stop their game rather than play our own and what i think that is is uh players realizing what their roles are i think the scoring is going to come from like we said tatum kemba and uh jalen at times you know it's going to be that two-way player that we're gonna that we've seen all season and we're gonna see in the bubble uh i think gordon hayward obviously he's not the player we see in utah he's easily our biggest x factor i see coming into this restart um i think that he needs to play to his strengths and be that sort of facilitator he was this year because I think we did very well under that uh, when he played to his strengths and didn't try to do too much like he did last year. Uh, Smart's going to do smart things. And then, like I said, with that bench, they just got to 
he's kind of on piece serviceable at the very least. I think that's going to be huge. It's going to, the bench going to come down to the bench ultimately. Uh, that aside from Gordon Hayward's play, that's going to uh, make or break this uh, these seeding games in their playoff run. I respect it. All right, yeah, Jake, let's hear me, it. Jake, let me know when you want me to pave the what pave the fucking path to the NBA Finals for the Boston Celtics. Do it right now, dude. Why not? Let's do it in the bubble. All right. So basically, the Boston Celtics are in a fucking stupid ass bubble that I do not agree with. I think that this virus should be taken a lot more serious. But I also love sports, and I'm I'm a softy. So I'm gonna obviously root for the green. I bleed green. I would die for the Boston Celtics if I was taking right now. I'll play Russian roulette with a full clip for the Boston Celtics with no questions asked. Everybody knows that. But, but I'm gonna say this: before the coronavirus hit, the Boston Celtics were on pace for 56 games that they would have won, and I would have probably been at a couple of those wins. And I really think that the Boston Celtics could have benefited by that home court behind them. Going to this bubble, I feel like it really hurts the Boston Celtics, actually. Like, I could come out here and say the youth empowers the Celtics. I think their stamina is going to do well. But I feel like it's also going to hinder them in the fact that they don't really have a player that's, like, mental. Like, that's going to tap in like a LeBron-type player. LeBron is going to tap into this mentality. And, yes, Kemba Walker has showed me a little bit. Kemba Walker, he got no hoes. He got no thoughts. He's a single guy. No kids. He's a role model for all these people around America that are having kids before marriage, all that bullshit. Kemba Walker, he might be that guy. I think he might be that guy that could lead the Celtics to greatness. I really do. You don't fuck with Kemba? I fuck with Kemba. Kemba Walker, let's lead it off on that. I think Kemba Walker is going to bring the Celtics to the promised land. Jason Tatum's going to be the number one. As Kyle Baxter said, as Reed said, it's, it's a Jason Tatum Boston Celtics-led team. God damn it. And if I say it's not. But I'll say this. Kemba Walker has the team on a different mental level that they've been on in a long time. Isaiah Thomas was a very good player. Stop fucking with my headphones. But Kemba Walker is going to bring them to another level. And I swear to God when I say this, the Celtics are going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Whether we face Toronto, Philly, and Milwaukee, I do not know. But once we get to the Conference Finals, I'm going to go on that. We're getting to the Conference Finals, and that's that. 100% with the roster we have, the guys that we have, are ready for war, I would get right behind them in combat any day of the week. The guys that we have are ready. And there's no distractions. Fuck your feelings. So before we end this uh, podcast, though, we put up on the story if you guys had any questions. So, uh, Reed, do we have any questions? Yeah. um, I guess I'll just start off with uh, my answer. We just go around, like, round table again. Uh, First question is, uh, biggest Celtics what-ifs of the last 10 years? This is from... At BDS32, BDIAS32. Uh, so, biggest Celtics what ifs of the last 10 years? Um, I would just say uh, my top one would be what if KG doesn't get hurt in 2009? Uh, I think that's 
right there, and maybe even 19 the next year. I think there was some real chance for that. Um, KG goes down in a game in February, I think it was. And then we were, at the time, we were 41-11. We had gone like a 19-game win streak to, what do you call it, uh, before then. And he missed like some odd like 20 games the next uh, next 20 games. Um, if that doesn't happen, well, first of all, we finished great like without him. Like, we finished the season, I think it was 62-20, and 20, um, I saw. And then we go into that big seven-game series with uh, Chicago, which is like seven overtimes, which is one of the best season uh, series I've yet to see. But then we lose to Orlando. And uh, I think that even if KG doesn't play, I think that Celtics just win if he just dresses at warm-up. And then Dwight Howard's going to see that and then crumble. But that didn't happen, and we lost, and it became the end of that dynasty that was that was not to be. Yeah, I think my biggest what if I would have to say is the uh, there was rumor that Chris Paul could have came to Boston for Rajon Rondo, and that would have been like, I mean Rajon Rondo's good and he he was good, don't get me wrong, but Chris Paul's on a whole new level. So we could have had CP3 with Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett. That would have been huge. I think too another one was maybe what if Perk doesn't get hurt in the 2010 Finals. Uh, because I, you know, he went down with something. Uh, there's just a lot of them that really happens. I think even a bigger what if than both of those are is um, what if uh, the big three of Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett meet up five years earlier? What happens? You know, do they win more titles or do they end up going with one? I personally think that they would win at least three more if they came five years earlier. All right, for me, um, we'll go recent. What if Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier? actually hit some shots game seven against LeBron in 2018 in the Eastern Conference Finals. I know we probably would have got our asses spattered by the Warriors, but, I mean, what if we hit those shots? I mean, we beat LeBron. That gives us a good confidence boost for a young team going into the finals. I mean, hey, what if good shot? GOD, take it home. (laughs) So, I don't even really remember the conversation that we were talking about or the question. But I'm just going to talk about the fact that what if the Celtics never hired Brad Stevens? The Celtics would be fucked. Brad Stevens is very underrated. I feel like he's he's a very underrated defensive coach. And Brad Stevens is going to be the key to this Orlando bubble. And he's going to finally be the final piece to the Celtics puzzle. And he's going to put them together. And they're going to the finals this year because of Brad Stevens. I think that his head is like exactly where it's at. And I just got a note from my first. We're all stuck in the past. I got people telling us we're stuck in the past. I'm trying to move forward. I'm trying to move forward. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get the police officers arrested that are responsible for the death of Breonna Taylor. Real talk. I'm trying to forget about the past, but move on with the future. And I'm with you, Jalen Brown. I'm with you. We hear you. We're standing here with you. Yeah, there's four white guys on this podcast, but but we're with you. We hear you guys. We out here. Um, I think in what is Jake. There's, there's nothing really to say to end it off on, on this first episode. This, this was actually a really good podcast, and I think that we could elaborate on episode two 
But I'm going to let the people know this. On Friday, Sports are back. GID is back. Spike King is back. We'll be at the House of Blues deck in Boston. There might be some girls getting pregnant. I will probably not be responsible for that. But the Spike King is obviously having some kids, so he might be. No. Baseball is back. We're going to be at the House of Blues, Boston. Big deck outside. Maybe some of you three are going to come over there. You probably won't fuck with us on Friday, though. <laughs> I'm busy, but I would, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you guys for watching. This was the first episode of the GRD podcast. Make sure you guys come back weekly for the next episode, and we'll catch you guys in the next one.